This is a shock podcast. Shock. A rock star's guide. Surviving the Malaysian music industry. Alright, we're back for another episode on the Rockstar's Guide to Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry. What's up everybody? My name is Darren from the band An Honest Mistake and of course, this podcast is meant to educate and help us all to navigate this, you know, crazy industry and we never learn stuff, you know, from books, right? So, this podcast is meant specifically for you guys and today, it's a very, very special episode because I've got two very special guests and we haven't had guests on the show for a long time. This time we've got two from Singapore. They are amazing. They've achieved so much. They are none other than Drew Chen and Shai. Yeah. What's up, guys? Hey. hey. Hello. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing great, man. I'm absolutely thrilled to be having you guys on this podcast because I have not had that many guests on the show. Mostly it's just myself rambling on. But uh, yeah, man. So the title of the podcast is called Steps to Being a Successful Artist in Today's Climate. You know, both of you have achieved a great amount of success, I believe, you know, in Singapore and also in the region as well. You know, but before we jump into all of that, maybe, you know, we'll take turns uh, to kind of like introduce ourselves and Drew maybe you can go first and then followed by Shai uh, yeah I've, I've been doing uh, music as a singer-songwriter as a producer musician composer what have you for uh, quite a number of years now actually fair bit older than Shai here so I've been doing this yeah probably 12-13 years and yeah most recently I've been an educator as well I'm lecturing these days so it's all a lot of fun and um, yeah I guess just like what Darren was saying you know it's, it's really dear to my heart to be able to contribute to the, the next wave of talents and, and uh, just yeah sort of try and add value add to the community where possible. So that's me in a nutshell. Pass the baton over to Shai. I'm Shai and I've not been around for as long. I really only started, I would say, um, properly in like 2018 or 2019. So it's still fairly new to everything. And because of COVID the past two years, I also haven't really been able to do much. But I'm a producer and I make everything at home in my room. And that's how I started and that's how I still do things and I've learned a lot. It's very nice to see a lot of young people like going into the music scene and doing what they love because I think especially in like a climate like Singapore where like the arts isn't super duper supported, I think it's very inspiring to see still so many people so interested in passionate about what they do. Alright, that's cool. I mean, I think both of you, you know, a lot of people in Malaysia actually know who the both of you guys are and let's jump right into it. I think, you know, we've heard a little bit about you guys and, um, you know, both of you have been consistently putting out music and of course, during the pandemic, which was, I believe, you know, the best time for us to kind of like put tracks out because we're all stuck at home, you know, we're pissed off. You know, we, we just want to write stuff. So what did you guys actually do during the pandemic? I mean, on, on the past two years, you know, in the lockdown, how was music making for you? Shai, you want to go first this time? So because I make everything at home, I would say the past two years was very productive for me because like, yeah, I was stuck at home. So I was basically in the perfect position to be writing stuff. But I would say it was tough 
being inspired and because you can't go out and I didn't play any shows, it made me feel like very disconnected from my listeners as well. It's like you know that they're there and you know that they're still supporting you, but because you don't see them or you don't play at gigs anymore, I felt very detached and very sad to not be able to like experience that again. So that made a very good starting point to start writing on my album. So the everything that I wrote in during like Circuit Breaker. So I just wrote my album and I released it in 2020. So I would say, let's say the pandemic didn't happen, I would have put it off a bit longer and it would have maybe came out a bit later than what like it initially came, came out. So I'm still releasing stuff and I have I released an EP last year and I have another EP coming out end of the year. So I would say it's very fun. Yes. <laughs> it looks like there's no stopping, you know, for you. I mean, it's always music, 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 uh, which is great, which is great. Yeah. Drew, what about yourself, man? Can, can I just say, um, I'm like so blown away by the creative output that Shy puts out. Without a doubt, one of the hardest working artists and, and overall creatives that I've ever come across my mind is blown by the amount of just consistently high quality output you put out so it's just very inspiring i think the pandemic has been an interesting one uh, from my perspective as an introvert i think it's really good because sometimes i don't particularly enjoy that sort of overwhelming experience of, of doing the live shows so it's good to have a bit of a respite from that also discovered the magic of online songwriting sessions yeah just sort of doing the songwriting camps online with the pop writers over in china and things like that you know that so that's been really really great i kind of enjoy that mood that, that mode actually the virtual mode it's, it's very productive for me you know like i just have the daw here and share screen with everyone and they come up with the different melodies and everyone like records a little bit you know di a little guitar part or whatever and then just like send it through dropbox so we transfer getting all a bit technical and nerdy here but yeah i've, I've actually enjoyed the process all right very cool i mean i think these are some of the things that that people actually need to hear because like this morning itself it was kind of weird because all of us were very familiar with you know getting our music onto the dsps and we know you know it's either you go with believe or distrokid or any any of the services and this band asked oh you know how how do you get your music on spotify and i'm like okay that's that's quite an odd question you know considering that now everything is digital right but it's great that you mentioned all these things you know that were a little bit technical because people need to hear it so yeah let's jump right into the real questions okay let's let's get into like the beginnings right so Drew, you've been doing it for so many years and um, Shai, you, you started in 2018, right? So how did you initially get your music out? Like what was the first step like in terms of promoting yourselves, you know, especially when you're a new artist? What was, was there a platform or, you know, did you just go out and play all the gigs? You know, how, how was that like? It was end of the year in 2017, I believe it was the December school holidays. That was when I started to write like my own original work. Because before that, I'm not musically trained. I grew up as a dancer, so I don't really know how maybe being like in ballet and like classical music, I don't know how that influenced me but it was December and I'm also quite shy by nature that's why everyone makes the joke like ha shy are you shy yeah actually I am so I didn't really go out 
with like my school friends. I didn't have that many friends to begin with. So it was just messing around at home on like this really old keyboard that we had lying around. So I just Googled how to play different chords and like what sounded nice. Then my computer that I was using for school had GarageBand, which was which is free obviously. So then I moved on there and I started to like make stuff. And then I would post them on like a separate Instagram account, which is now my main account for music. And then I posted it on SoundCloud as well. I think releasing my music on Spotify was more of like a bucket list thing because Spotify just seems more like professional compared to SoundCloud. But I did it through DistroKid. I sort of Googled like how to upload music on Spotify. And then I saw DistroKid was one of the first few things. And then I released the single, the first single came out and then I just decided that this was what I wanted to continue to do. All right, okay, cool. So Drew, how, what about yourself man? How, how did you get started? Really good question. I think, yeah, I did have music as part of my upbringing. So my mom would sing along to the radio and she would sing the harmony part she has a pretty good ear we would just sing like three-part harmony with my sister wow <laughs> as kids yeah it's a very sweet thing so I'm, I'm very blessed to have that in the family i grew up halfway in australia and halfway in singapore and and so because of that there were a number of things that were sort of made things very awkward for me from a cultural perspective not being able to fit in at school etc and and so i found solace in um the feelings that playing music and writing it gave me mm-hmm. you know so that that was the sort of early inclination for me back in those days you know open mics were a thing so i would just play these little pubs and things as a 15 16 year old you know and, and started to play in bands and stuff like that so the journey sort of began that way the sort of coffee house cafe kind of singer songwriter thing i went to study like music production so that that was definitely something that helped me develop and so i guess you could say i'm a lecturer in that field these days <laughs> poly so it's, it's it's a good sort of transition into that but all the while it's really important for me to keep my skills sharp you know that's that's true man okay cool so let's talk about you know the next step right so you you played all the pubs you got into bands you know and for shy you just release your music on instagram and then you know later on you put it out on spotify you know so there were some significant steps that you took in order to you know kind of like get to where you are so what were some of the things that you realized that worked for you like for example earlier on in in my career it started off as an acoustic like pop punk band you know i played the acoustic guitar and i would throw the guitar around and stuff like that and then we also had a female vocalist so that worked for us really really well and up to a point where people will come to our shows because they they want to watch like this two lead vocalists singing you know with an acoustic guitar you know so that's that's pretty different so so that kind of like worked for us for a number of years up to a point where you know we just went full on electric and then now you know we've kind of like evolved and we're, we're our music's a little bit more atmospheric and darker now right so that's you know kind of like our tiny little ladder you know our steps to to getting to where we are so what about for the both of you what would some of the things that you realized work for you collaborating that's a big one for me firstly working with some of my best friends um like there's this guy called jesse bear from melbourne he's a very close friend of mine 
Paul McMurray from Melbourne as well, and and then eventually meeting uh, Joel Tan, uh, General Bones, and just working very closely with him over the last two years uh, has really brought out that collaborative thing. And overall, it lends itself to a better, um, at least in, in in pop music, a better product for me. So that's a huge step for me. Another thing I wanted to say is the tape doesn't lie. So <laughs> if you ever want to get better at what you do, just record yourself. You know,、um, it's not going to lie. I think that's one good honest way to like improve your performances. I think, yeah. Shai, what about you? For me, when I first started, I wanted to figure out what it is that I wanted to do, rather than have people tell me what they think is best for me. I wanted to sort of take time to work on that, and it's not going to be perfect, obviously. But I would rather make a few mistakes here and there, but know that this is, you know, what. I feel is like working for me, that kind of thing. So when I first started, I released the, the song on Spotify and stuff like that. But I think the turning point would be I just my mum randomly saw this thing. There's a it's something called Vans Musicians Wanted, and I think they have that in Malaysia as well. She was like, "Oh, do you want to do this?"、And、I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure."、Um, I had like zero expectations of it. I didn't really know what I was doing in a way, but I just submitted it, and then I made it to the top five. So top five it means. You have to like do a showcase of like thirty minutes of your music, but I only had that one song out, so I was like, "Do I just play this the whole thirty minutes?" So then my EP came about from there, and then I won. So I was like very, I was surprised also, I guess, because the previous years it had always been bands.、Um, I think I was one of the youngest. People there, so it, obviously in your head you're like, I'm no way, like nothing is gonna happen. But that's why I'll always be very thankful to Vans and Bandwagon for giving me that opportunity to sort of like step out of my comfort zone as well. Because even though I wrote music, performing it in front of people is still very. I won't say scary. It's more awkward. Then I realized, like, wow, people are actually singing back the lyrics, and then it made me feel very fulfilled. And I think I still don't know what I want in ten years, that kind of thing. But I think that's the beauty of like the music industry or like the arts in general. It's like every year something happens. And if COVID has taught me anything, is that nah, man. Your plans can get like boom gone. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think we just have to be very realistic and like you have to be honest with yourself. Take you out, please <laughs> listen to our song. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, things can derail you, but as long as you kind of like figure it out along the way, you know, that's all fine as well. But I guess like different people function differently. It's funny that you mentioned Vans because to be honest, I never liked joining competitions. You know, only because I felt that there. Was really nothing that special about us, but I know that we're good performers, you know. So that is one hundred percent. But you never get points as a good performer, you know. People want to like, oh, okay, you sing very well, or you play guitar very well, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, so I started off, you know, playing like competitions in bars and stuff, and that kind of like was tiny little steps that that I took, you know. Then just springboard off of that, and and it seems like you know that the competition thing kind of like worked for you. Drew, did you join any competitions? No, man. <laughs> yeah, I hate competitions.、Uh, I don't know. I just feel like music cannot be judged in that、mm. manner. But yeah, okay. So this brings me to my next point. You know, which is a, a question that I'm sure we all get asked by our friends all the time. You know, like, do you want to be relevant 
or do you want to play what you want to play? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Being relevant versus doing what you want. I think for me, I went through a phase where I felt like, yeah, I think I should start making music that like gets played on the radio because there is a specific sound to different radio stations, you know, if you listen to the radio and it's all, almost always actually like the same few songs. So it's, you know, like the top 40s, that kind of thing. So I was like, okay, should I start making music like that? Then maybe Spotify will like me more or like the radios will like me more, that kind of thing. But then I also realised like, but if everybody is doing that, then where do I stand in in it? Like, how do I make my sound its own genre, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it is important to be in the know of like what's trending and what is relevant because not then people will call you like outdated or like old or you live under a rock, that kind of thing. But I think because of how often the trends change and like every year we see like a different kind of music genre that is leading. So to constantly have to keep up with that, I think it gets very tiring and then you sort of lose yourself in it and you don't know what you want to make anymore. For me, my mentality would be if I like it and if I'm proud of it, I think it's good enough and I think my listeners will be able to appreciate it if they appreciate me in that sense and it's totally fine if like after a while you don't really like my music anymore because music taste also can change personally I think what has worked for me is just trusting myself and being confident in myself and I guess in that process I also know my worth both as like an artist and as a person as well very nice I think that really that really shines through in, in your work like the confidence is really inspiring. I would agree with what you're saying, actually. And to, I guess to corroborate on that point, I would personally, I would take honesty over any kind of fabrication of a style or a craft. Having said that, there, there is always a bit of an intersect. Like you can always find that there is a the Venn diagram where there's that intersect between like what you personally like or enjoy creating as the creator as the creative person and what the the popular taste of the moment might be and i think as a writer if i have um, a message that i want to convey maybe like encouraging a positive feeling or something if that can be conveyed in a way that is palatable for listeners to dig and enjoy you know i think that i would consider my job is is done yeah i have noticed because you know my earlier music in 2013 2015 2019 around that area was very different like it's pretty much soul, funk, bluesy, rock kind of thing with a bit of folk thrown in there. So like extremely organic, you know, there's this zero tuning. There's very little editing. It's just like super raw mm. recordings. Like the people who dug that stuff always ask me, hey, when are you going to do that again? Um, when they hear the, the pop stuff that I've been working with, like mm. Joel and with all the other co-writers on, you know, it's all a part of who I am. I think and, and everyone grows yeah we just try and do new things but honesty above all for sure that's, that's a great tip man you know to be completely honest and you know to just kind of really know what you want because like for me when, when I started out I stood in, in between you know I wanted to to do what I wanted to play I wanted to play what I wanted to play you know but at the same time having the knowledge and understanding that you know if you're gonna play like death metal you're probably going to play to a certain audience and you'll probably never get radio airplay. You know, that, that, so that's just how it works. Or at least here in, in, in Malaysia and Singapore, you don't ever get like heavy music played on air as compared to anything that's more pop or, you know, uh, less aggressive. 
Right, so that's just kind of how it works and having a good understanding because Shai, earlier on you said that, you know, certain radios have a certain sound and they play certain songs. You know, I actually did talk about that in like previous episodes on of the podcast that if you want to submit your music, you know, you have to understand that that's a certain kind of sound. If you're sending a heavy track or a dance track to a station that plays jazz, you know, that's complete opposites, right? So yeah, all these things that you guys mentioned, perfect. Very, very important stuff. Yeah, so we're gonna go to uh, two more questions and then after that, we'll, we'll get into the song and I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. Okay, cool. So the question next, which is, I believe something that happens, you know, everywhere, there are definitely a bunch of challenges. And I think right now in Malaysia, the challenge would be obtaining licenses for music venues. You know, earlier on, a venue was shut down, you know, abruptly, you know, and apparently they didn't have like operate the necessary licenses to operate and stuff like that. You know, at the same time, the authorities would put on like this crazy blanket fee of like 30,000 bucks, you know, and for a music venue, that's not very, very big or super commercial, you know, to put on like a blanket fee like that, by the authorities, you know, that's just insane, right? So that's kind of like a challenge right now. During the pandemic, a bunch of venues had challenges, you know, obtaining their licenses, renewing and their licenses and stuff like that. Obviously, because you're not, you know, making money or you're not having any shows, right? Other challenges would be crossing over from like the independent scene or like, I hate this term, you know, but it's called the underground scene to the mainstream, you know, or creating that kind of wave that is so undeniable that people need to listen to you. Some bands have broken through. They've gone from underground or, you know, independent to mainstream, but there are also a lot of other bands that are still trying and some don't. So there are tons of challenges. So when the both of you, I mean, whether you were starting out or at least, you know, in the whole span of your career, what were some of the challenges and how did you overcome them? So overcoming challenges. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me, maybe changing tact slightly would be to look at it from maybe a psych psychological standpoint. I think understanding the why behind what you do is, is extremely important. Like why does one get into any endeavor, you know, from in the first place? Not just music, but why, why pursue it? And then I think for me, understanding that it came from a place of, I think a, probably a self-worth thing. Like I said, you know, not, not fitting in as a, as a young person, you know, coming in, into the different uh, countries and then just being the new kid in school and this and that and, and not really, yeah, neither Australian nor Singaporean, you know, like kind of a strange mix of that. And I, I think for me, there was a sort of yeah, acceptance that I wanted to seek. But at the same time, doing music was almost like an alter ego. It felt that way anyway for me on stage, like being such a preserved and quiet person. But then when I get on stage, I can really go hard. I can just express myself in that strong way. Um, but then not really seeing that add up in terms of like mass acceptance, you know, was quite toxic for me, I'd say, you know, in, in the early days and so I guess understanding why I wanted to do that what sort of void was I trying to fill you know what sort of childhood stuff was I working through um, once I discovered what that was you know I, I kind of resolved that on my own and didn't really need to do it for that purpose anymore and ironically the music actually became a lot better it became a lot more accepted and you know when, when I stopped trying so hard it just started to flow a lot more naturally so I think I don't need to fill that void <laughs> anymore so it doesn't come 
from that sort of dark side, if if, mm. if that makes sense. So now I can make music for my collaborators. I can make music for the other writers on the team, for them to self-actualize and pursue what they want to do. I become a more of a facilitator, so to speak. Yeah. So it, it, music takes on a different meaning for me now. You know, it's not just chasing individual glory or any sort of self-esteem boost. Yeah. That that's a very good answer. You know, because I I was expecting like you know oh you know it was like it's difficult to find bandmates. You know, so I went on such and such site. You know, and I met bandmates. You know that that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's actually a very different take to it. You know, very nice, cool. Um, Shai, what about yourself? You know, because I mean I think like Drew Drew answered like something that was a little bit more kind of like an internal challenge, right? You know, kind of. Yes. Yeah. What about like external? Factors, you know. For me personally, I think when I first started, it was that feeling of because I was so new and I sort of came out of nowhere. Is that feeling of like I need to be accepted by everyone or I need to be a certain way because I have to prove myself to these people. And、um, I have so much respect for all of、um, the people in the music industry here because I just look up to so many people. And I think for a while it, it comes and goes because I'm a girl and because I'm a producer. I always feel like there is that kind of like、uh, she doesn't really know what she's doing. It's like I'm a girl and I'm still so young and stuff like that. So I still have a lot to learn, and I acknowledge that and I know that. But I think there have been moments where I sort of feel like I. I'm still not good enough. Or I have to prove myself more. But I think with any band that sort of just starts, a lot of times we feel like we have to prove ourselves, and we sort of forget what. Our initial intentions were when we first started. So for me, I always try to remind myself why. What is it that I'm doing this for? I think just try not to be too hard on yourself as well. I think it gets to a point where if you don't see results, you sort of beat yourself up and you feel like you're not doing enough, even though you you're doing everything that you can already. I would. I'm still very new, so I'm still learning as well. So I can't、um, say. Much because I'm also still making mistakes and I'm still learning. But I think just remembering, like Drew said, remembering why you set out to do something in the first place. It could be for music, could be for anything at all. Knowing that, I think your your personal happiness is also still very important. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. You know that、um, you just gotta be a little bit more honest and. You know to really know your intentions as well, you know because like once once you have like all these like things like kind of like sorted out, then you will know okay you know this is the reason why I want to do what I want to do. You know there's a certain kind of like path that you've kind of like crafted and created for yourself. So yeah, I guess you know it it, it sounds like this whole entire conversation is is pure. You know honesty. You know it's hundred percent honest, obviously, and um you know. That is also the title of your brand new track, right? Let's let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I I heard it like right before we started, <laughs> because I've just been so swamped with, with work. Because now I have a real job, you know. And I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, I like this stuff. You know, for me, like it's all the the, the tiny little you know bells and whistles. You know that that you like、thing. the guitars. Yeah, like I the do. Guitars, you know,、man. I like everything everything about the track. <laughs> you know, like the vocals and you know every single thing. You know, it's such a good. <laughs> Track. It's so well produced. So yeah, let's let's you know gi- give the listeners a lowdown of of how it all came about. You know, I mean, why did you both decide to work on this? You know, t- 
together. I guess like most songs as they come about, you know, strumming on a guitar, right? But I think on that particular day, I was thinking a lot about the 80s. You know how they like to use a lot of chorusing and stuff like that on the guitars. They like to use lots of those effects, and it's just such a ethereal, out of worldly kind of sound to it. I had this whole demo mapped out, and I played it for Joel, and he's like, "Hey, dude, what what happens if you speed it up like twice?" <laughs> so I just did that, and I was like, "Wow!" Obviously. All of us have been big fans of Shy for a long time, you know, listening to her stuff, and we thought, hey, this might actually be up her alley potentially. Like it was just wishful thinking, you know. And I was just like, oh man, I'm so nervous to like send her a message to see what she thinks. <laughs> like I was just like, oh no, this is not gonna happen. But ah, you know, you only live once. I, I've always wanted to see what would happen, so I, I just we just went for it. I just went for it, you know, sent her the track, and like, thank God, you actually <laughs> liked it. I was blown away. <laughs> there you go. Take it, take it away from there. Then how? How did you come up with your vocal parts? Uh, yeah. Actually, when he reached out to me and I heard it immediately, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a nice song. And um, I, I knew I wanted to be on it. So thank you for thinking of me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how I usually write my songs is I just play the track and then I sort of mumble over it. Like, I'll see if any lyrics come up from there, and I think I just wanted to have fun with it. The song is so light-hearted and so fun, and it just made me so happy listening to it. Yeah, I think I just wanted it because obviously it's a duet, so it's like a different perspective. So I was like, okay, how do I make this work for me without it sounding too like? Because I didn't obviously didn't want to write something so different from what I. I'm comfortable with. Then it just then I sent it back to him and he liked it. Thank goodness. <laughs> and then they sent like back an a, a different, um, like a different sort of arrangement. And then I rewrote it to fit that arrangement. And I feel like that arrangement worked better in the end. And then I sent it back to him. And then yeah, my favorite part is the outro. Oh my gosh, the electric guitar in the outro is like. Oh. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> See Darren, yeah. electric guitar man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, so started off with a lick, you know, a bit of uh, back and forth. And that's kind of like you know how it all came to being, lah, right? But what about in terms of like the lyrical content? You know why? Why you know? I'll be honest. Yeah, was there something that you know you you really wanted to say? Okay, before before Joel came into the picture as a co-writer on this song, um, it mm. was I asked her to stay, but she had some other plans. So I held my breath and watched our dreams wash away. Okay, that's the verse, and then it goes, "Babe, we try to work it out." But in the end, the best way is out. I'll be honest. I gotta be honest. So that was actually supposed to be the chorus. Mm. That was it. Joel was like, "You know what, man? You can come up with a better chorus." And he's like, shifts it over to the pre, so it becomes the pre. Mm. And I'm like, "You're gonna give me a challenge, man? All right, I take your challenge. I see you." And um, yeah, I like challenges like that. So we just sort of sat at it, worked it out, and, and we came up with the chorus together. So the the, the chorus it, it starts to go really high. I'm not going to sing it now, but um, you'll hear it when you stream it. It kind of dives into, you know, certain things are, are are best left sort of to go separate ways if there is kind of a toxicity, you know, in the relationship or like. One person is sacrificing their own self-expression because of the other person. You never want that, right? You have to be, should be freely expressed, you know, 
within、mm. the relationship. Don't change yourself, right? And and so from that perspective, it was important to write that song. It's just a message.、Um, I've been in situations, you know, where I, I really felt compromised as one part of a relationship where, you know, I I really wasn't. I didn't feel safe expressing myself the way I wanted to, and and so that was the message. Ultimately, it's still an optimistic message because、mm. it's standing up for, for your own self self worth, right? And and right. so to hear shy then take, the other voice, you know, the other perspective,、um, was mind blowing because it's almost like creating a character in a movie or something, you know,、mm. like、you're creating these two characters communicating this thing. And like you're, you're, you're such like Shia is such a special writer, got a real knack for lyric crafting, melody crafting, and、mm. wise, super wise in the way that I feel she approaches writing in, in ways I, I never could, you know. So just to have that,、um, yeah, like when I, when she first Shia when you first sent over、uh, your lyrics and the recording of it, and I sat down and listened to it. I played it three, four, five times, and then it sunk in, and I was like, "Oh wow, okay, I got it now. I get it. This is really good." And so, like, that was it. And then, and then after that, I just sent it through to.、Um, oh, shout out to、uh, Jay Z Lee, who's our co-producer.、Uh, he came up with the the beat,、uh, the the drums and the synth and the things like that. You know,、um, so like when I sent it to him and I sent it to Joel, so in total, four writers on this track. Including Shy, of course, and yeah, like everyone was just like, "This is it, this, like that's really good," you know. So that's how that's how we went with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. You know, I I feel like every time when I talk to like artists from Singapore, you know, there's just there's always so much to it, you know, and you you guys always have so much to say, and every single thing sounds so professional and organized and stuff. You know, you you're using the right terms and all that, and that and that's great, you know, because. I'm learning all the time, you know, and you know I, I'm learning all these things from you guys too. You know the way you you expressed the the idea behind the song and all that. You know it's it's just so on point, and and I'm, you know, just picking up like all these tiny little things from you guys too. I want shout out to Prince.、Um, the guitar solo would not exist if it weren't for the the purple master himself. He's <laughs> a big influence on me. Yeah. All right. Okay, very very cool. So, with this brand new song, what are your hopes for this track? Because it's such a great track, but with a meaning that is it is you know that goes beyond the 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 happy parts. You know that there's so much to it, right? So, what is your hope for for this track? Um, I hope people like it enough to put it on their playlists along with the rest of Shai's discography, of course. <laughs> Uh, just you know, just just、um, if if it provides any kind of healing and solace for the listeners out there, that's that's all I want really. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's quite. It's a very simple but very important message that I think a lot of people need to hear.、Um, I think being honest with people is already hard enough, but being honest with yourself, ah, that's the worst. So hopefully, this is also something they can dance to and、um, have fun with. And <laughs> all right, very nice. Are you guys、uh, thinking about coming over to KL to play? Of course, I was <laughs> just in KL actually. Yeah, my mom's actually from KL. <gasps> yeah, so all the more reason for you to, to <laughs>、right? come up and visit, right? Yeah,、um, brother. <laughs> but yeah, sounds good, man.、Um, actually, Joel's first show in Malaysia. Was a gig that I organized, and I I put him on the show. So this was when、oh, "Until cool, We、man. Die" just came out. 
you know, it was the first, 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 first EP. Wow. Yeah. That's how you became family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So, um, yeah, man, cool. I mean, hit me up, you know, if you guys want to do stuff, you know, of course, um, the guys at Lynch, you know, they, you know, Dex and myself, you know, we go way back, even Shout before Joel came, you know. So, yeah. yeah, we can definitely sort you guys out, you know, up here in KL. And, oh, you guys were family before that. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I started organizing shows again at this venue called The Bee and The Bee has you know been kind of like a legendary venue I played there correct so I think we should do do that again so at Publica or somewhere yeah, else in Publica yeah. in Publica cool so yeah maybe maybe let's uh, do like a Christmas thing you know what I mean I don't know um, a week before Christmas if you guys are not doing anything and if you feel like you know you guys want to come out I think it'll be perfect for you guys to, to do that you know dude that would be huge I'll hit you up man <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I think you know. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, the both of you, you know, you guys shared some really precious insight to, you know, your careers and and what it took for you guys to be successful. And I think the key word is just to be honest <laughs> with every single thing. You know, it's in your music, uh, whether it's your in your writing or you know with your intentions. So yeah, guys listening in, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you know, mad props to Shy and Drew Chen for being on the show. And um, if you guys like what you're hearing, you know, go and stream their brand new track called I'll Be Honest. It By the time you hear this, you know, it's already out. So stream it, add it to your playlist. You know, go listen to all their stuff because it's just so good. You know, anything that comes out from Singapore, it's always good. Yeah, it'd be good to check out artists, you know, from the region as well. So you guys know what else is available apart from what we have here in Malaysia. So yeah, catch us again or at least catch me again on the next episode of the Rockstar's Guide to Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry. So yeah, shout, shout out to all you all you listeners out there to subscribe to the Rockstars Guide and and to Darren as well. Thanks so much for having having Shy and myself on on your program today. It was definitely a blast. Um, very insightful questions. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. stuff.